Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Sony and Netflix make a momentous deal and Warner Brothers is starting to back down on their theatrical HBO Max simultaneous release plan. Netflix must have bottomless wallets because Ryan Johnson and Netflix have made a momentous deal as well. We'll get to all of that, but first, trailer talk. Space Jam, a new legacy. We've got a trailer. Uh. LeBron James enters the Warnerverse, and yes, in the all-new first trailer for Space Jam, a new legacy. What are your thoughts on this? I've got thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. I'm going to start with all the positives. All right, like, so the animation where where like the Looney Tunes and stuff become, I guess I call it more realistic, uh, realistically animated, looks fantastic. I was like, that looks sick. Like Bugs Bunny is very, like, it looked kind of cool. Still cartoony, but I, I like that. So I'm very excited to just see the Looney Tunes once again, playing basketball, animation looks top notch, fantastic. LeBron James is there, likeable, all good. So I'm all for it. Can't really ask for much. <laughs> However, just to be a bit of a nitpicker, you know when um, when Michael Jordan went into the Looney Tunes world, you know he he fell down. Bear in mind, like it's it seems like he went through a different way. He went through just like a you know a hole in the in the earth kind of thing. Bugs and Daffy pulled him through. He appeared in the two D animated world as a live action being, like he didn't change. When LeBron goes into this time, I know, I know he goes through like a server or something like that. He he becomes animated. I don't know. That just kind of annoyed me a little bit. And I don't know why it annoyed me so much, but it just annoyed me. Do you feel the same or am I, is it ridiculous to, to be thinking If that? I'm honest, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, but that is a big, a big change. But I just say he's, he's accessing the world in a different way. I've always liked that Michael Jordan was always live action. Yeah, with the 2D animation, it works really well. Well, I guess we're not going to get that because we're going to we get live well. action when they're all yeah, animated so really well. But yes, yeah, so we're still going to get him. 2D world. We've uh, animated characters. Okay, right. Yes, I, I'm going to be it. on it. That's, that's all. Let me, let me <laughs> let me just say, I was generally excited for this movie, and then I saw the yeah. trailer. And yeah. I'm still going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they clearly, well, we're going to review it. So I've got to watch it. It's my job, my unpaid job. <laughs> but, um, oh, man, there's the whole thing for me. This is what Space Jam is, right? It's Michael Jordan, a world famous sports personality, meeting Looney Tunes. And in that first movie, that's all it was. And you know what? That was enough. That was great. It is a fantastic movie. Loved it then. I love it now. So I'm thinking, right, so they're doing a sequel. So instead of Michael Jordan, they're going to get another world-class basketball player, this time LeBron James. And he's going to meet Looney Tunes, and that's going to be enough because it's a that's sequel cool, right? to that movie that we've yeah, really, yeah, really liked. Yeah. <laughs> but holy shit, no. This, this movie isn't just LeBron James meeting Looney Tunes. As I said, he's entering the Warnerverse. We're getting cameos from Warner Brothers properties such as Game of Thrones in a kid's movie. It, Pennywise, is in the trailer. 
The Matrix, Batman and Robin, The Mask, Scooby-Doo, A Clockwork Orange, Yogi Bear, The Flintstones, Smallfoot, <laughs> Blue Falcon, and it just goes on My, and on. I mean, it's, it's Ready Player One. Like, it's, oh, it's, and you know what? You know how I feel about that movie. I watched <laughs> it, we reviewed it, and as more times passed, I generally dislike that movie. You know what? And it looks it like might, the same thing. It might just be, okay, they get to the big game. And all these other characters are there, like as spectators, and that might be all that this is, and that'll be fine. And that might have been a cool, like, little gag in the movie. I feel like I, I, I'm suspicious that they're just using that as a marketing tool, which is, I guess, spoiling that gag. But I don't yeah. think, like, I don't think there's going to be some sort of like this isn't going to be like the Scoob movie where it's all, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny and Fred Flintstone are teaming up with Lebr- LeBron James to, you know. Six, you know, you're not going to have you're not going to have um, you know Pennywise on the basketball team with them. No, of course you're not. It's not going to be that. Fact, but no, uh, yeah, and yeah. I agree with you. That it's, it is, it's there for marketing. It's there for a gag. But even though this is a sequel, it just changes Space Jam in a big yeah. way. Just keep it simple. Keep it Too simple. It's, Too it's messy. And <laughs> it, it's, is messy. it is. I don't know whether to bring this up or not, but it's like, you know, like there's been the whole like Pepe Le Pew kind of, they've decided not to include the character because, you know, he's yeah. he's a bit problematic with his ways <laughs> of doing things. But then it's like, and I know like this, this is just sort of like a visual gag for the adults and stuff, but you have, you know, like characters from A Clockwork Orange, you've got Pennywise. He's done know, worse. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it, it's all over it, the place. I know it's it's yeah. it's. it's I just want to. You're gonna keep it. You're gonna keep it clean. Avoid any sort of uh, you know issues. Avoid issues. Like keep it <laughs> completely. Yeah. Just keep it Looney Tunes. I mean, yeah, I get it. it. It's novel. You've got Game of Thrones world, and I guess you've got a Looney Tunes world. So each property that is owned by. Warner Brothers or Warner Media, they get their own Earth. And we get glimpses of it. I just want to see Looney Tunes on the big screen playing basketball. Do you know, and we're still going to get that. I know we are, but, you know. But, you know what? They, they did this with, like, the Lego movie. They were like, oh, here's a way we can actually access all of our Warner Brothers material in like, little gags and some major characters. But that Batman. was different, though, because... A lot of the it, properties, toys, right? yeah, and a lot of the properties, Lego would already made those toys. That's true. Yeah, you yeah. could already get Lego so, so Batman made sense. way before the movie. You could get Lego Lord of the Rings and Star Wars but that from, already existed. But from like the Lego Movie to Scoob to now Space Jam, it's like it's like they just need to include everything for the, like for the sake of it. It's like to, they just think people want that. Because we're dying to see Fred Flintstone again. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, the the buzz online is so high right now for this movie. Like, like, people I still, are into it and loving it. And I still want to watch it. It's Looney Tunes. Like and it's Space Jam. I'm there. I will, but I will watch it. But I the trailer yeah. hasn't done anything to make me want to watch it. I already wanted to watch it, and that's it. That's, that's I was that. more into it before this trailer, which is the opposite of what a trailer should do. 
So yeah, your enthusiasm has gone <laughs> I down. I liked it more before seeing the trailer. <laughs> but again, like, I'll, your I'll ads watch turned it. me off. I'll watch it. I'll take my kids. And we've also got a bit of casting news as well, which we wouldn't ordinarily do during trailer talk, but it's relevant. Following the release of the first trailer, it was revealed that Zendaya will voice Lola Bunny. There you go. I mean, We've got great. a new, new Lola. I don't even Do know we... who voiced the last one. Well, you know, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. I'm going to look it up right now as you move on to the next story, and I'll throw it in very quickly when I can. Okay. And feel free to talk with me about Batman the Long Halloween whenever you've finished looking at what you're Someone named Kath Sushi. Thank you for okay. Good. Uh, delaying by a few seconds. Susie? Susie? Kath Kusi? I don't know. So Batman the Long Halloween, <laughs> Jensen Ackles and Naya Rivera play Batman and Catwoman in the new animated adaption of the DC classic. We've got the first trailer. Uh, Jensen Ackles, he was in a DC movie previously. He voiced Jason Todd the Red Hood in Batman Under the Red Hood. But again, in this movie, he's playing Batman. This trailer, what do you think? Uh, well, I'll address the the long Halloween aspect of it first. Great, um, great comic story. Um, I, I like the like the villain. What's the villain? I can't remember the bloody villain's name. Is it like Calendar Man or something? Calendar Man. Or, yep. Yeah. 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 You know, like only works on holidays. Yeah, but should you really say that? <laughs> because you find that out at the end. Should we give a spoiler oh, warning? I mean, maybe DC I don't know. will change it up. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's that's not a big deal. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. Is it? No, there's a know. glimpse of him in the trailer. There's Joker, there's Two Face, there's all these bat villains. Um, yeah, it doesn't ruin the story. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Okay. okay. It's fine. I mean, we've not watched the movie. <laughs> but you know what? When we reviewed Hush, we found that they changed the ending of that. So maybe, maybe Warner Brothers. We're going to change well, that's the it. We don't know. We or don't just know. forget just about the that Jason said anything about Calendar Man. Um, with with um, with Jensen Ackles though, uh, I couldn't even. I couldn't pick his. I was like, is he playing Batman? Because every time Batman spoke in this trailer, I was like, I'm not hearing it. I'm not. No. It sounds like he sounds like he's doing a Batman voice. You know, I only know because I read it. It doesn't yeah. sound like. But you know, he's, a, he's doing voice work. Like you're not supposed to sound like you. Unless they purposely want you to do that thing that you do, whereas in this mm. he's he's playing Batman, and yeah, he does he does a good Batman. We should say that this movie is going to be released in two parts. Part one will hit digital and Blu-ray on June twenty-second. Part two will be released later in the year. At least it's this year. We don't have to wait. I expect this one to be pretty good. I have high expectations because this yeah this trailer like it, it looks decent dark pretty like i wondered i wondered in a good though, way <laughs> yeah but i did wonder if they were going to try and do a version of tim sales art which is very distinctive and they haven't this this movie the animation style looks more like what we've got with superman man of tomorrow more of that style, but that's okay. They're doing the story like I mean, way back when Warner Animation started adapting DC movies, like going back to Justice League, The New Frontier, they tried to replicate 
Darwin Cook style, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. They tried to do Ed McGuinness, but that was like way back when. Now they're essentially taking the story and then just putting their own spin on it. But the movie does look great. Like, I really like the animation this is, style. This is a one shot. Yeah, it's not a. Um, it's not in continuity with anything they've got going on. It's not no. And if you think about it, this is going to be because they wrapped everything up with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, and then they gave us Superman Man of Tomorrow, followed by Batman Soul of the Dragon. Next one will be Justice Society World War Two, and then this will be the fourth one. So none of those, as far as I'm aware, have a shared continuity. It yeah, might end yeah. up being the case with Justice Society, I don't know yet, but they seem to be doing one and done, and I'm more than okay with that. Yeah, and especially with this one as well, like if it just is its own contained thing, they're not restricted with anything. They're not like, oh, we, we can't go in this direction or we have to tie it in. And Yeah, it works better alone. And I've mentioned Hush say. already. They, they incorporated Hush into the New 52 continuity that started with Justice League War. So yeah, this does look like it's a war and done, but either way, it looks bloody good. And I am looking forward to watch it. Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is not necessarily a trailer, although this is still trailer talk. It's a clip. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clip from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Paul Rudd meets the mischievous Mini Puffs in the new clip and it's outside of the trailer which we got way back when the movie was supposed to come out last year this is the first thing we've got in a long time mm. straight away the first thing that i noticed the music the music straight away it sounded like i don't actually know who's doing the score but it sounded just like elmer bernstein from that first movie in 84 and the music someone doing had it me, very oh had me straight away taking it, the motif the first straight thing away, I noticed it was sounded like Ghostbusters straight away. Mm. The first thing I noticed though was Baskin Robbins and just the Ant Man joke. Well, that's it. That's Bask- the Paul Rudd Paul connection there. Baskin Robbins. Um, but yeah, like I mean, the, these little, these little, you know, mini puffs. I mean, it, little cute creatures are the the hot thing in it. Like now, Groot, you know, yeah. Baby Yoda, but Justin. In, the, in this one clip, though, and, you know, we reviewed the 2016 movie, the reboot, and, you know, I had more positive things to say about it. But at the same time, in I feel like in this one clip with an idea like the Mini Puffs, it's doing so much more than what that, that reboot movie did. Yeah. I'm getting, this is like, it just feels of a piece, but new. Like, it's familiar with the music, but then they're putting a different spin. And it's really impressive that this product is still available. People want to buy it after what happened back in 84. I mean, the mascot <laughs> for the company nearly destroyed New York. <laughs> but, you know, all these years later. Imagine the PR have, person that's what doing I was that say, spin. Yeah. Like like they, PR team. <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> they did a good job. I mean, they're still available. They're still available. Um, it, or maybe when everyone everyone got covered in it, they were like, "Man, they puff is really good." <laughs> yeah, but this um, this clip has me excited, and it's it's Paul Rudd, the mini puffs, the music, and yeah, this movie's still due out this year. Hopefully, there's going to be no more delays, and I'm I'm keen to watch it. 
Same. So the other trailer I want to talk about, Jupiter's Legacy. So this is a TV show coming to Netflix. Jupiter's Legacy follows a team of superheroes and their children who have to live up to their parents' legendary ideals. Have you read this, uh, this comic? I have. I've read the first trade. It's been a while. So watching the trailer, elements were familiar. And, and I was thinking about going back and reading it again and continuing reading the rest of the trades, but I'm not. I'm going to wait until I watch yeah. the show and then yeah. I'll go. Because from what I've seen and remembering what I've read, it looks to be a fairly close adaption. So I'll wait until I read it until after. But this... This looks like a movie. It's got a you know, good-looking yeah. cast. The costumes, the effects. We've got uh, Timothy Offelman as, yeah, I think he's a utopian. That's his character's name. Who's mm. like the ultimate superhero, like the Superman of the show. And it looks interesting because they've been around for almost 100 years since they first got their powers. And... They're not the heroes they used to be, and now they've got children. It's about the next generation. It's a different spin. Like we've not had this on screen before, and I think that's important that it is. They are taking it. You know, it is something a bit different because I mean, how many like superhero shows do we have? And not, and I'm not talking just like generic ones. I mean, like the the, the more unique ones, the Boys, Umbrella Academy. You know, like um, like there's there's just so many now that you have to have something unique going on. It can't just be your generic, hey, here's a superhero team, and then go with it. It's, it's got to have something going for it. I think, yeah, have that generational split and have those characters that will be following with those, those I guess, titans that they're looking up to, like, who are their parents. That, that's, yeah, it's something, something different. And it looks, it looks pretty decent. Like you said, movie quality. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know the difference. Netflix yeah, has really too much show. money. Like, how, <laughs> yeah. how is this yeah. happening? It, 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 does, it does look great. And we should credit the, the writer of the comic as well, Mark Miller. Like, you'd know him for Wanted, Kingsman, Kick-Ass. Mm. He's that guy. He wrote the DC comic Superman Red Son. He wrote the Marvel comic Old Man Logan. He's a really good writer. He's got a lot of titles these, under his belt. And these costumes that they've, that they've produced here, like, they look just like... It's like they looked at the comics and were just like, oh, yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, I they, mean, that's it. And Okay, so... They, they, yeah. The artists, the, the designs of the costumes, Frank Qualty. Brilliant, phenomenal artist. And yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, looks at the comic and thought, yeah, let's put that on screen. Okay, so that's it for Trailer Talk. And now on to movie news. Let's start with, um, with Netflix. Let's start with them and their wallets. Can I, can I just stop you there? Like a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about introducing a segment, streaming services. <laughs> We've had a lot of streaming news lately. I'm still... No, I'm not, not until it happens six more times. Then we... <laughs> not having its own segment, but it's happening. I'm sure this is like three consecutive episodes. You're still, putting, you're still putting all the streaming stories up top, aren't you? I am. That, that's intentional. Kind yeah, of. There's, there's but, a through yeah. line, but okay. Yeah. So I'll I'll hold off. News that's happened three more, maybe three more times. Three more times if we. Uh... <laughs> All right. So uh, Netflix uh, will be the official streaming home of Sony's feature films beginning in 2022. 
Following their theatrical and home entertainment windows, Sony movies will exclusively stream on Netflix. Now, apparently I heard this was, this was like a, a billion dollar uh, oh, it's deal. Massive. Yeah. It's huge. So this is nothing to laugh at. Um, the deal begins with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, Uncharted, Morbius, pretty much um, like that. So how I read that it works is that... Um, so Netflix has paid Sony like a billion dollars or whatever it is. Um, and then every time Sony, you know, obviously puts out a movie, once it goes, once it goes to like, okay, it's ready to go to a streaming service. Netflix has the first um, right to refuse it. So they get the first pick. Okay. Yeah. We, we want that or not. So the movies aren't automatically going to, to Netflix. Netflix still need to individually pay for that individual movie. So like when Spider Spider Best 2 comes out, they'll have to cut a deal with Sony and say, okay, yeah, we we do want that. Here's what we'll give you for it. But they have the first choice. So Sony can't go to uh, you know, HBO Max or Amazon Prime or anything like that. They have to go to Netflix and Netflix has to turn around and say yes or no. And then they negotiate money there. So not only have they paid them a billion dollars, but then they still get individual payment. It's crazy. This it is, a- is. But as you've said, though, the important part of this, whatever they do choose to stream, they have that exclusively. No one else has it. There's so well, many 18 there's, months. We've got multiple <laughs> streaming services, and there's quite a lot yeah. of movies that double up. Whereas what's, they've got it. What's interesting is, I mean, I've been talking about Sony being like, okay, everyone, you know, Paramount have their streaming service. Disney's got theirs. Warner Brothers have like HBO Max, so on and so forth. I was like, what's Sony doing? What's, is Sony going to, you know, Sony Plus or something like that? What are, what are they doing? I think they're, they've, at least for the next four years, they're saying, hey, let's mm-hmm. just create content, distribute it to whoever wants to give us Interesting. The highest yeah. amount of money yeah. and yeah. Uh, come to the table. I mean, we were talking here. Sony seemed to be the holdout. I mean, Universal have got Peacock, but in mm. the US, and this is the thing as well. Like a lot of the you know HBO Max and Peacock, Paramount Plus, US only. Whereas Sony, like, hey, Netflix, we're going to come to you. They've already got an inbuilt worldwide release. Just straight away. Straight away, so yeah, it, it, it works, it works, but oh, oh my god, like they're running it. I know they run like at, a, at an annual loss of probably a few billion dollars already. Where are they getting this money from? Gotta spend money to make money, yeah, but how you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. We, we start don't crunching know. numbers, <laughs> we don't know. All I know is I pay Netflix ten dollars a month, well, that's all I know. Are you even getting like HD? 10 bucks, isn't that just standard definition? Yeah. Nope. It is you one device. No, no, no. It's uh, HD. Still HD? Pay, yeah, but you're just paying per device. It's only when you're yeah, adding on multiple devices. But I, people don't need to know this. I watch <laughs> Netflix. All my streaming is through an Apple TV box, which oh. is essentially mobile. But it doesn't matter. That's the one device <laughs> that I use. Yeah, $10 a month. Um, Warner Media, let's talk about them. Warner Media's biggest films of 2022 won't run on HBO Max and playing cinemas at the same time like they did in 2021. They will debut in movie theaters first. So there you go. That's a big shift 
going back to an American pickle. <laughs> Only way to talk about the movie because that seems to be the first one that HBO Max showed. Um, yeah. The Witches, uh, Mortal Kombat's coming out. Uh, the Snyder Court was HBO Max. Did they do it with Godzilla vs. Kong? Yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong. So pretty oh, much... Wonder Woman 84. Like... Yeah, another yeah. one. I think Wonder Woman 84 was the second. After oh, right, yeah. An American Pickle. What a movie to follow. <laughs> I think this was their plan. Uh, well, this is what they said their plan was anyway, but I didn't believe them. But they said, you know, oh, this is what we're doing for 2021 because of COVID, all this blah, 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 blah. But in the back of my head, I was like, I know that their main goal eventually is to cut out theatrical, cut out that middleman and just distribute movies themselves. doesn't make any sense financially. I don't get it. But I figured that was their plan. So I was like, yeah, they're kind of just like pretty much bullshitting. And then 2022 will roll around. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. But I guess they're backing down on that. So I'm glad. I Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. I mean, HBO Max, again, US only. So we don't get the benefit of that in, in Australia anyway. So we still, you know, go watch them on the big screen. But you say benefit, that, like, I wouldn't even see it as a benefit. Like, Okay, to us, we want to see it on the big screen, but there's going yeah. to be a percentage of people that can't necessarily go to the cinema, and not just COVID, like just with families and work and life, you know, getting in the mm. way. So there's going to be oh, people... like, I, I get that. I get yeah. that. So but I mean... That's why I'm that's, saying... If that's the case, though, if, if we moved into that direction, you know, like $200 million movies, $300 million movies, they wouldn't exist anymore. It wouldn't, they wouldn't be made because you couldn't make not, them for streaming services. Like, it yeah. would not be sustainable. We'd see a lot more animated movies of these big <laughs> live-action blockbusters. Yeah. Like we'd get a lot more animations. I'm really happy because Warner, they were the ones that were pulling away. So I'm glad that they're going back to the big screen and they're still going to have it, so it will be available on HBO Max. But there's going to be a bit of a delay. And yeah, maybe... I think they're shrinking. I think they're shrinking the like theatrical window from ninety days to forty-five I've days. I've heard that as well. But I still even... think that's too short. But it's a new world we live in, so it is. whatever. But HBO I'll pick Max, my battles. <laughs> they could end up doing something similar to Disney Plus Premium Access. So at yeah, the moment, true. like if you've got a HBO Max subscription, and you know the next big one's going to be Mortal Kombat. It's as if you've got Netflix. The movie's just going to be made available to you. You don't have to do anything or pay any extra. But maybe they could introduce Premiere Access. All I want to see is movies on the big screen. And it sounds yeah. like it's going even, to happen again. Even with the Premiere Access, like, money-wise, it's, it's not financially working. You, you see the, the difference between how much money, say, like, Mulan made on Disney Plus with Premiere Access compared to what Godzilla vs. Kong is making currently at the box office. It's... it's it's nuts. So oh, it's night and day. You can't, you can't compare it. And, you know, I've got my Disney Plus subscription, but just like with Mulan, Ray of the Last Dragon, I'll wait. Yeah, just wait. I'll wait until it's no longer just probably wait. access. And yeah, then I'll just wait. wait and watch the movies and be like, I'm glad I waited because that wasn't really <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I've not heard great things, mainly from you. <laughs> I've not heard great things. Right, it's okay. It's... It's okay. It's okay. Disney, you can have that for the poster. It's okay. Jason, that feels you. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Um, Black Adam. We have Black Adam news. Can you believe it? 14 years since first taking the role. Is that, is that accurate? 14 years? That is accurate. 14 years. That is ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne <laughs> Johnson is filming it at last. So Johnson originally took the role uh, back in 2007 uh, when director Peter Segal from Get Smart uh, was going to direct Shazam. In that incarnation, Black Adam would have been the primary villain. DC's Black Adam movie uh, is officially coming to cinemas July 2022. Like, like, you know, just over a year away. I'm happy about that. And we've been waiting. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a realistic. But that's how it Fifteen years. When it's actually released. But when was when was this Black Adam movie announced, though? Like this one. I mean, this a, him having his own movie. It's been a good few years. It has been a good few years, and it's it interesting. Was, was it in line with Shazam or before Shazam? Way before Shazam. Yeah, it was going to oh, be before. Right. Because if you're looking at the continuity of the characters, Black Adam does come first. Like he was Shazam's champion, but the mm. the power corrupted him, and he became a villain. And then he was banished. You know, we get all this in the opening of the Shazam movie. <laughs> yeah, that's and then years later the Wizard Shazam finds a new champion. But it's interesting that 14 years ago, it was going to be a villain in a Shazam movie. And now he's going to be an anti-hero in his own movie. But I'm sure we're going to see the character of a journey. He's going to get the power, corruption, bad guy, redemption. That's all going to happen, no doubt, in that movie. But I'm just keen to see The Rock in a DC movie. And it's been a long time coming. Actually, DC movies that you're not going to see coming. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've talked about these before. Uh, the New Gods, which was the Ava DuVernay movie she was going to direct. She was writing with DC Comics writer Tim King. Tom King, even. Oh, I think it's Tim King. Tom King. So anyway, New Gods, not happening. But as well as that, The Trench which was the James Wan produced Aquaman spin-off, but this was going to be more of a horror movie. Those two films have been cancelled at Warner Brothers. <laughs> well, do we, have a, do we have a reason or is it just... Well, it could be that Warner Brothers thinks that there could be some confusion for audiences that were introduced to more of the new gods in Zack Snyder's Justice League which is going nowhere like with the introduction of Darkseid. <laughs> and the new gods would be New Genesis, High Father, Apocalypse, Darkseid, and all of that. And it's kind of gone by the wayside. The new gods, the trench. I mean, the trench. I mean, come on. Like, visually, in the Aquaman movie, they look great. They look menacing. Spin-off? Yeah. I didn't need that. I always thought that was a, that was a pretty weird idea like but i mean it, it just could have just been a run-of-the-mill sort of horror movie with a dc logo slapped at the front of it that's... but when you've got a director in james one that's just oh, made like a billion dollar a... movie and he's like it hey, probably would have been a really good movie little horror movie yeah. but no, i reckon it'd have been fun but i just think it's too far away from what dc are gonna do like it seems strange it seems strange yeah i think like, it, it could have, even though it is, you know, the trends that appeared in Aquaman, you know, just like Todd Phillips' Joker movie, 
the trench could have worked more of a st- as a, if it was a standalone horror film, but to do like a you know low budget horror spin off from the bright Aquaman movie just seems <laughs> he doesn't quite go pretty weird, pretty weird. Uh, but you know, while forget about these movies. I've I've forgotten about them already. Like I'm already I've moved on. I've moved on. Um, bit of casting news for Thor: Love and Thunder. We've got Russell Crowe officially added to the cast this late in the game as well, which is odd. So the role must not be huge. That's my guess. I think there's going to be a lot of cameos in this movie. We've already seen behind the scene pics of Melissa McCarthy as Hella. They're out there, and there's other actors yeah. who are back, like Matt Damon's back. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a cameo. They're doing the Asgardian theatrical... Yes, um, looks like. ...like stage play. But it I seems saw a to be... From, like Jeff Goldblum and, and uh, Sam Neill uh, yes. in Sydney, and I'm guessing Sam Neill's back on the theatrical stage as, as well. But it makes me think, oh, is Jeff Goldblum coming back as... Uh, Grandmaster. Grandmaster, yeah, yeah, is he back? I don't know. Or people just hanging out in Sydney for the hell of it. For a while now, there's been pictures online and you've had the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder hanging out with Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> and then people are being suspicious. And then we got confirmation. Oh, so potentially... Okay, so he could be another actor on, on the theatrical stage. Could be. Or yeah. Maybe he's been around this whole time, but just never officially announced. And maybe his character is a lot bigger. I don't think so. You've got okay. Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale is your big bad of that movie. I think you're right. Like It's going to be another play, and Russell Crowe is just going to be a cameo, just like we got in the opening of Ragnarok. But either way. But it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Cause it's like, if an actor turns up for a cameo, that's your MCU role. Do you know what I mean? There's always going to yeah. be, you know, they're yeah. going to get to a point where they're introducing new characters they've not got to yet on the big screen. And like Matt those... Damon can't play, I don't know, Mr. Fantastic or something. I don't no, because it's done. And, they wanted know, him to. I mean, so. Russell Crowe, though, for DC, did a very good job as Jor-El. So we'll, he'll always but be jor Could Could we take the same approach to, okay, Malcolm in the Middle features in WandaVision and we see. What's his name? Brian Cranston as right. the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Can yeah. can Brian Cranston play someone in the MCU now, or is he out? He'd have to be a character in prosthetics. <laughs> That's my ruling. <laughs> so we can get away with it that way. That's what you need to do. Yeah, he needs to be in prosthetics. That's the only way that it can happen. Hey, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe in a future Thor movie, we could get Matt Damon as Beta Ray Bill. He's like a horse face alien well, that's with it. That's a Thor-styled hammer. Who knows? So Matt Maybe Damon Michael. can't play Mr. Fantastic, but could play the thing. But we can never see Matt Damon as... Oh, I'm forgetting all the characters' names. Uh, ben I mean, Matt Damon Grimm? can't play Mr. Fantastic anyway because it should be John Krasinski. We all know this. I didn't want he to get to that born, debate. I mean, yes, correct. Want to but... play Mr. Fantastic. Okay. I can't believe how much mileage we've got out of this one sentence we did of good. news story. We did good. <laughs> okay, let's talk Monkey King. You know that guy? <laughs> I, uh, I know of the, like, the legend of Monkey. This is a different take on it. 
John Woo will produce a live action movie based on a unreleased project by Stan Lee, Monkey Master. So not Monkey King, actually, but Monkey <laughs> Master. That is a typo of mine in the show notes. Yeah, Monkey King, that was that show, wasn't it, back in the day? I think Netflix brought it back. Different thing <laughs> altogether. So I'm talking about Monkey Master and not Monkey King. The film will follow an archaeologist who discovers an ancient prophecy about the Chinese legend of the Monkey King. Okay, maybe it is the Monkey King. I don't know anymore. <laughs> That brings him to India, where he uncovers a hidden power that transforms him into a modern-day superhero. Okay, there's a Wait, is this here. the Monkey King or not? Um, yeah, there's a problem here. The short answer is, I don't is know. This, is this Journey to the West? You tell me. You tell me right now. Um, wow. Um, yes, okay. <laughs> I saw like a, like a comic cover or something of this monkey, whatever it is. No, it we, didn't, no we need the second word. Yeah, <laughs> we're it certain on monkey. It didn't look like Monkey King Journey to the West type material, it's, but it's a maybe type. that's based on it. Like Dragon Ball is based on the same sort of legend, but it's a bit different. Obviously, maybe that's what Stanley was doing with this. Definitively, Monkey Master, Monkey Master, but based it. on Chinese Monkey King. But it's Monkey Master. All right, that's okay. Confused. But wow. okay. the same to confuse, origin, same origin. To confuse myself, I, I typed both Monkey Master and Monkey King. But I can definitively say Monkey Master is the name of the property that John Wu will be producing. Cool. Let's just move to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Let's see how long we can talk about Indiana Jones 5. We'll go for a record. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has joined the cast of Indy 5, and will star alongside Harrison Ford. Um, the Maestro is back. John Williams will score Indiana Jones 5, scheduled to hit theatres July 22. So what do you think of the, the casting, and do we like John Williams? Okay. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> has been around for a long time, and she's really known for her comedy show, Fleabag. I watched the first episode and it's loved the world over. I just found a character too irritating. Maybe I need to stick with it some more. So my main exposure to her was voicing the droid in Solo. Right, okay. Ooh, okay. We talked about her previously because she is starring alongside Donald Glover yet again, this time in a Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series based on, on the movie. She's a great writer. She was the showrunner on season one of Killing Eve, a show that I really enjoy. So she's talented. Like she really is. Like, you know, she's got a lot of, a lot of um, good work behind her. So that's interesting. I, we, we just need to wait. I mean, Harrison <laughs> Ford is the one we need to be talking about. I mean, he was old in 2008. He's older now. Like when they made that's how that's how that life last, works that's how time works i know but he's coming back and you know further I, adventures. to be honest this was a movie that i'm like i i thought this would just kind of disappear i thought they eventually would just turn around and be like nah we're not gonna move forward with it but they're doing it so i think okay. to the cast they've got james mangold directing and as you said joan williams who i did think had retired maybe i got that wrong but either way He's back and he's scoring this movie. And that's 
good. I mean, that's only good. It is good. It's good. It's like, John Williams. It's, good it's yeah. John Williams. I mean, as you said, Doing... the maestro is back. I mean, yeah. you couldn't want more than that. But I, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm okay. You know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, how big is her character going to be? Is this still going to be Indy as the main character? Who knows? If not, what's the point? But we'll just have to... <laughs> wait and see. I don't want to see him be the side character. If that, yeah, again, leave it alone. Tom Cruise news. Let's move on to that. Two Tom Cruise films have pushed their release dates. Top Gun Maverick moves to November 19th, 2021. Mission Impossible 7 moves to May 27th, 2022. I just like how you put the heading of this news blog as Tom Cruise. You didn't give Top Gun a thing. (laughs) You just went, Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's it's less letters for me to type. I did recognise that it's the first time that we've (laughs) ever given an actor as a news heading. (laughs) Like they must have done something pretty crazy. Um, But look, Top Gun Maverick, to be honest, I'm not like, I'll check it out, but I'm not overly like super duper excited for it. So I'm happy to wait till later this year. That's all good. I'm waiting longer for other things, you know, like it's all good. Um, Mission Possible 7, more excited about that one. So a shame that we're getting it next year, but look, as long as we're still getting it, that's okay. It's still coming. With Top Gun Maverick, because, you know, I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, like, you know, we've seen Top Gun. Like, it's a movie that's been on at some point growing up. And they announced the sequel to it, and I had no interest. And I watched that first trailer, and I was like, wow. Looks incredible. <laughs> so I, I do, I do want to see it. So when is it? It's so November 19th. So it's, you know, a few weeks away from December. I reckon it's a movie that could do pretty well at Christmas time, to be honest. It seems like that type of movie, even though, of course, it's not festive. It just seems like that type of movie. And yeah, out of the two, I'd much rather have Mission Impossible first. But as you say, they're still coming. And that's it for Tom Cruise News. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, Thundercats. Thundercats is is the latest property making the jump to the big screen. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard is writing and directing a a new animated feature film version of the heroes of Thundera for Warner Brothers. The animated side of it is interesting. Mm. Um but I'm not going to shut it down because it's animated because, you know, we have like an example of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. That, fantastic. Yeah. And that was animated. And it is, it's CGI. It's not 2D animation. But if I, I mean, I like Thundercats I'd, because I remember liking it when I was a kid. I think if I watched it now, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much, but I've got fond memories. I had the toys. I very much grew up liking Thundercats. But if they were going to give us a live-action Thundercats movie. I mean, I've not seen the film, but I've seen the trailers for Cats, and I wouldn't want that. <laughs> to be so of the two, I think animated is a best, better way for them to go. You know, my concern is Adam Wingard. Nothing against the guy, except the last movie that I watched of his, I didn't really like, which was Godzilla vs. Kong. So 
And then the movie I think before that that I watched of him was like that Death Note movie. I didn't really like that. Oh, right. Was that him? I didn't yeah, watch that movie. That was him, yeah. I, he's probably done some other stuff and maybe I've liked it, but they're the two I remember because I'm a very negative person. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I think at the moment, Warner Brothers really like his Godzilla versus Kong that's, movie. I mean, and they that's, like it I can't argue <laughs> with that. The movie's making lots of money. Yeah. People are liking the movie. Not me, but people are liking the movie. So fine. I'm blanking on it. He, he made his name on something. Like when he first came onto the scene, I'm pretty sure it was a smaller movie. I just did a quick look at what he's done. Oh, he did Blair Witch, the, the new Blair Witch movie. I didn't see that. What's he done You're since? next. No. Anything else? That's about it. No, that's about it. That's really? About it. What, he went from that to Godzilla? Uh, there must have been something else. Death Note. <laughs> wow, okay. I thought he'd done more. Let's talk Transformers then. I think we've, uh, we've exhausted <laughs> Thundercats. Anthony Ramos is in final negotiations to take on the lead role of the next Transformers movie. Creed 2's Stephen Capel Jr. will direct the project. So last movie show, we were talking about a new Transformers movie that had nothing to do with the Michael Bay movies. This sounds like it is a continuation of that franchise. Yeah, do you reckon, you, you reckon what, continuing what Michael Bay started in that first movie? Right, This okay. movie is going to continue from that. Whereas the one we talked about last time is going to be a new app continuity movie. So it's like we can get the best of both worlds. What Transformers without Michael Bay? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like you know, you know, if you like that universe though, that all that you know, the, where everything was set up there, you know, and then we oh okay, across two movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, that's that's fine, that's good. But I've been waiting to say this. Speaking of Creed two, um, Creed three, Sylvester Stallone will not appear. In the third Creed movie, interesting. Or so he that, says, isn't it? "Yeah, mm. interesting." Um, I'm very surprised by that. They I don't really believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. I, it okay. seems odd. The character had an out in Creed One, which I'm glad they didn't take, and then he was there in Creed Two. I just feel like having him there in One and Two, it makes sense to have him there in Three, but. What would you know, what would make more sense if it was you know if it was like look Sylvester Stallone, the you know the Rocky character is not going to have as large of a role this time round, okay. Even if it's like one scene or like something very minor, you know, or you know Creed calls him and they speak on the phone briefly at some moment for some, just just to have. A presence like that he's still he's still there, things are still happening, but it doesn't have to be done. I'll be very shocked if he's not in the movie even one percent. The scene is not. The scene is not in it. So uh, we'll just have to weird. wait and see. But yeah, I'm very surprised at that. We mentioned knives out in the intro. The knives well, out we sequels but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not specifically. We we mentioned knives out. Oh no, we didn't actually did we? We just mentioned Netflix. <laughs> we mentioned Ryan Dawson. Anyway, sorry, I, I destroyed. Moving that on, 
The Knives Out sequels are officially happening. Netflix is paying $450 million for the rights. Director Ryan Johnson and star Daniel Craig are returning. I am happy about this. Netflix have basically given Ryan Johnson a lot of cash and said, we want you to do what you did on the first movie for us. You've got full creative control. So once again, Ryan Johnson is going to write and direct Knives. And this is going to be for Knives Out 2 and 3, at least. Yeah. This, I'm fine with the fact that Netflix is going to take the reins and, and be like, and they're saying, look, Ryan Johnson, just do what you do. It's all good. We're just here to distribute whatever. But like, look at that. Look at that price tag. They're paying $450 million for the rights. That's just the rights to well, have those looking, movies and distribute them. Looking at it, like the people involved are said to get $100 million each. Yeah, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson million, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. And, it's and then there's be, a, it's be I think there's out. another third. There's like, another person in there. But I, I love that first movie. I know you really liked yeah. it as well. And these movies are going to be following Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. Like, it's his Inspector character. And I'm oh, assuming like just like that first movie, you're going to get some so big good. names in there, and yeah, it's a whodunit. Sure. And that first movie, I love it so much. Like, it was so good. So the idea that he's able to just continue what he started in that first movie with no interference from a studio. Full oh, like that's that is fantastic. That's fantastic. It's just that price tag. I just, I just don't believe it. Like it, this isn't the money to make the movies. This is the money for the rights. Like it's it's nutty. And I know like it's getting split between like a Daniel Craig is getting a hundred million dollars for oh, I guess two movies. I guess, but it's like the the precedence that that's setting for other actors and stuff and other other IPs to. But it's like you said. With Netflix, where are you getting your money? It doesn't you make any keep... sense. Hey, but you know, oh, they keep making it. We'll keep watching ridiculous. it. <laughs> it's I'm... not like, like it's not like they bought Star Wars or something. Like, okay, that's a bad example, but you know, it's not. I like mean, that a... was a lot more than that. Oh, that definitely was. Maybe so. I don't know. Like Ghostbusters, like it, you know, a well-known property. You, you, you know, there's a well there. You can get lots out of it. Like, no, yeah, yeah, fantastic film, but it was just one film yeah it's not like but what we're talking like audience and critics like everybody i love this movie it was such a good movie and knives out is like a known brand now like people know what that is is it people know what that is i'd say yeah i reckon if you went out i'd say because just the type of movie that it is i reckon i reckon this is a movie that it did as well as it did because it crossed different generations like, you don't get many whodunits now, not as many as you used to. So you can have an older well, audience like, there as well. I know why it did well, and I know why we liked it. Like, I, I get that. But it's like, you go to Man on the Street and you say, hey, do you know the movie Knives Out? I think they Six would. Six out of ten times, you'll probably get someone being like, <laughs> I think they would. Well, at least at a minimum, like, oh, I think I heard of it, but I didn't watch it or something. Like, I enjoyed really that well, movie but... on the big screen. and. It plays well on the big screen, but it also, like, it plays well on the small screen as well because it's like you're watching a police procedural or a cop show. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about this news, but I agree, though. Yeah, Netflix are throwing around all they're, the cash. Oh, they're bonkers. They're bonkers. 
Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. Star Trek Prodigy. Um, it's our first look at Janeway's return. Prodigy is to be set in 2383, which is five years after Voyager returns home and will take place in the Delta Quadrant with Janeway serving as the voice and avatar of the Young Crew's emergency training hologram. I did not know that until this week. I knew that Janeway was going to be returning, but I didn't know in what capacity. And now we know, because we see her in the images released in the classic Voyager Star Trek, Starfleet uniform, which is a hologram. And she's yep. kind of not really Janeway, but is Janeway. So it's an interesting way of getting around that. But Kate Mulgrew is back once again playing Janeway, this time just a voice. And I'm into it. And this is Star Trek Prodigy, which is a Nickelodeon show. So it's aimed at a younger audience. Looks good. It's, it's, it still just baffles me how the, the Star Trek uh, franchise is expanding in bold new ways. I'm excited for it. I, I really am. And if it's anything like Lower Decks, it's in continuity as well, which just blows my mind because some of the more outrageous things that happen in Lower Decks, it's canon. It's all yeah, no, canon. I can't, I can't take that it's canon seriously. Though. But it no, is. Lower so. Decks. It's, it, 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 I mean, it, I guess it, it's canon. It is all considered as canon, but it's through the lens of an animated comedy. Speaking of Lower Decks, though, Paramount Plus <laughs> has handed Lower Decks an early renewal for a third season. So we've not even had the second season yet. We've just had that first season, which I thoroughly loved. And already Paramount Plus are like, yep, you can do a third. So much Star Trek. I got, uh, I got halfway through that first season of Lower Decks and I tapped out. Uh, not for me. Saying. I just, I don't know. Saying. Yeah, I, I yeah. love it. It's... It is is a lot of fun. Like for me, it works as a half hour comedy. It works as a Star Trek show, and I yeah, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do have friends that were struggling to begin with, and they push through and ends up loving it also. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good. Like it, it's great track, and it's it's a funny half hour comedy, which is the point really. It's supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> That's it. Um... All right, changing gears a little bit. Uh, Jordan Fisher is joining The Flash uh, in the return, recurring sorry, guest star role of Bart Allen, a.k.a. the speedster Impulse. Uh, Barry and Iris's son from the future. His first appearances on the show will coincide with the 150th episode airing later this season. So although he will appear as Barry and Iris's son in the show, Bart Allen was originally introduced as their grandson after he debuted in 1994's The Flash number 92 by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo. I'm excited for this. But as you just said there, though, he is actually going to be their son on the show. He has always been their grandson, always until this appearance. But it's always the way with these Arrowverse shows. They'll change things up enough to fit the show. But I'm into it. It doesn't, it doesn't even seem like a huge major change that is... I mean, it's, 
you know, he's the grandson of the Flash, and now he's his son. The generation, it's a whole generation. I mean, but, yeah, um, like, but was did they have a did they really did they have a daughter or a son that was the daughter has parent? been on the show, but then she was wiped out of existence. It's a whole thing, Nora it's Allen. Whole thing. It's a whole thing, but in in the comics, like when Impulse arrives in the present day, Barry Allen had since died and was no longer the Flash. It was Wally West, who was originally Kid Flash. So all these changes happened. So it's going to be interesting to see a relationship be developed between Impulse and the Flash, Barry Allen, should I say, version of the Flash. It's cool. And it's good that they're timing the introduction around the 150th episode, which is a pretty, pretty good effort and a, a show for the most part that is still going strong. We've got some casting news for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uncle Owen actor Joel Edgerton, Kamal Nanjiani, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Benny Safdie and more are joining Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series, which will start shooting in April. And it's just occurred to me, Benny Safdie, that's one half of the Safdie brothers who directed Sandler in Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah, and wow. that uh, there's that Robert Pattinson movie, uh, Good Times or whatever it was. I don't know if you ended That's up right. checking that one out. Yeah, yeah not yet, movie. but you have recommended it. And of course, and he was he was actually starring in that movie as well. That that one with right. Robert Pattinson. Okay, yeah. and I was just going to say that O'Shea Jackson Jr. Isn't he the son of Ice Cube? Is that who he is? He was in Straight Outta Compton. Sure. I'm I don't pretty know. sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, they're putting a good cast together here. But the most important thing, Ewan McGregor, back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, those prequels were awful, but he was good. So He was a, he was, he was a standout. <laughs> but I mean, like, you got to know, like, uh, Kamal Nanjiani, and it's like, he's doing things. Like, what's it? Is it Eternals that he's with? The Marvel in, film. Marvel? Yeah, he like... was in a Men in Black film. And you know what? Knowing him from his stand-up and his podcasts, he loves all this stuff. Loves mm. it. And now he's living it. So I'm happy for the and guy. We're, and we're getting we're getting Uncle Owen back. Yeah. Joel Edgerton. That's happening. Uh, at least we know Uncle Owen. Yeah. It's interesting. Like it really is interesting. And you know, but just going we, off Mandalorian, we, I'm excited. If we're getting Joel, if we're getting Uncle Owen back, does that mean baby Luke Skywalker? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Well, what I mean, yeah. But again, yeah. the most important <laughs> thing, Ewan McGregor is back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm keen. So I'm keen. Was, yes. Yes. Um, no, very exciting stuff. All right. Um, Powerpuff. And that is what it's called, I think. Powerpuff. <laughs> yeah, Powerpuff. that's the official um, name. This is, of course, the um, CW's live-action Powerpuff Girls reboot. Um, we've got Donald Faison, uh cast as Professor Utonium. There it is. There it is. Um, <laughs> this is a serious story. Let's get through this. Um, Powerpuff cast Nicholas uh, Podony as Joseph Jojo Mondel Jr. Um, and that's the that's the son of Mojo, Mojo Jojo. Jojo. Or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, Mojo Jojo. Jojo. Mojo Jojo, sure. Uh, Robin Lively as Miss Bellum. 
with Tom Kenny returning to narrate, which I think is pretty cool. That's oh, that's a perfect touch. But I was saying to you before, <laughs> last episode when we were talking about this, that sounded so sincere. Like I, oh no, no, it is, and it's great. I mean, I mean Tom Kenny back. But I was, but this, I was saying last the Donald Faison thing that broke. Like I think the the day after or the Just night after. that we had recorded, yeah. But I was saying that it doesn't sound real. Like it, I need I need to see footage or something. We got to see a, a behind or many behind the scene photos of the cast and the wearing, you know, the outfits that they wore in kindy in in the show. In kindy, um, <laughs> kindergarten, whatever it was, kindergarten. No, I know what you meant, but it's like, oh yeah, like when they were cartoons, when they were Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah, so they're still wearing that same fashion. Whether that's just going to be for the pilot, or that's going to be their superhero. Oh yeah, I hope, no, I hope they stick to that, because that's their um, costume. (laughs) But honestly, I was always still curious, like curious, and then they went and cast Donald Faison as the professor, I'm like... And now we have to watch it. You know, Turk from Scrubs. I feel obligated but, to show my support. But what did I say? I said this off air to you uh, after we found out Donald Faison was cast, and I was like, Mojo, Jojo, Zach Braff, make it happen. Perfect. But then the announced you know guy, and then I realised I was playing it. Jojo's son. That's it. That means that means Mojo Jojo is still yet to be cast. I'm hoping for Zach Braff. Yeah, Zach Braff, do it. And 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 do you know what? Uh, previously, has experience playing a monkey. You mentioned that before. Oh, that was the the, Oz the movie, uh, wasn't it? yeah the wonderful Oz or whatever. It's Oz called, the then. Great and Powerful. The Great you know, and Powerful. That yeah. was the last film to be directed by Sam Raimi. He has not directed well, a film since. Really, he's it's films. only been producing stuff. But he's not actually directed a film since. So not then. until Doctor, not until Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's yeah. That will Multiverse be the next madness. one. Wow, what a gap! Weird. Okay, never. We got sidetracked there, didn't we? Yeah, Rocky. Let's talk Rocky uh, TV news. I got lost a bit again. For a moment there. Again, no, all right, yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Stallone has revealed he's written the treatment for a Rocky prequel series intended for streaming services. His vision includes multiple 10-episode seasons with a focus on the characters from the films in their younger years. So maybe this is why Stallone's pulled away from Creed <laughs> 3. Maybe it was his choice, who knows? But he seems to be busy. wanting to be developing this. So we talked about it off air. Casting. How do you that would about? be the That would be the interesting thing. Zach Braff. I, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Because I can't imagine anybody else other than Stallone playing the part. And that was Stallone back when he wrote the screenplay. He's like, it's me. It's got to be me. There was nobody else yeah. that he was going to have play the part. Yet now just have him point like... in his career, he has to cast somebody else. <laughs> Unless <laughs> yeah, it's just him in like a long wig. I don't know. <laughs> Looking youthful. <laughs> CGI face. Like the whole time. It's going to be the most expensive television show because of that. But in all seriousness, like I think something... Like, yeah, on, on the surface level, it's like, oh, okay, like a young Rocky. Okay, great, whatever. You know, it, it seems like a bit of a gimmicky kind of show. But I think if you look at the period of time that this would be set in and all the things that were happening sort of historically in the US and, and all that kind of stuff, I think there could be some really interesting, like poignant sort of uh, sort of subject matter that they can sort of tackle and all that. That first Rocky movie is a very serious real best picture 
yeah. Oscar-winning movie. Like, it's, it's a legitimate film. A show sort of set in the periods before that movie, like, I think there could be something really yeah. real to it and it not just a gimmicky be. thing. Or it could just be a gimmicky thing. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, the most interesting things about Rocky's life we could have already seen. But who knows? Like, I'm... I'm here for it. I'll um, I'll check it out. It's just interesting that Stallone, you know, the businessman, he's just putting it out there from a streaming service. You know, play yeah. the odds. <laughs> There's so he's, many of them. He's not One of writing, them's about to pick them up. Writing, he's not writing a show for Netflix. He's not writing a show. You know, he's you know putting it out there for anyone who will listen. He's writing a show that is just like, does someone want to do something with this? Like, eh, it could be cool. Let's see if it actually eventuates into anything. Um, CSI. Have we ever talked CSI? Never in the history of the Are podcast. Are you 100% sure we've never mentioned it? Never. Oh, we might have, let's, might have brought up uh, CSI, but we've never Let's do it now. We've never talked about it. CBS has ordered a CSI sequel series called CSI Vegas that will see... William Peterson's Gil Grissom and Georgia Fox's Sarah Siddle return. I don't know what any of that means. I have an idea. For it. Oh, mate, yes. Like when when CFI when when CSI was out, it was the best. Like and it started as crime scene investigation. I mean, they had Quentin Tarantino as a fan who came and directed an episode, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they've done they've it, done spin-offs, right? Like, oh, my, don't they do I mean, it Miami, started New off, York, crime scene investigation, and then later known as CSI. And then they, yeah, they branched off. They've done CSI Miami. David Caruso was phenomenal in that show. That nobody took sunglasses off better. And then you got <laughs> CSI New York with Gary Sinise. They did. Um, I'd stop watching at this point, but they did like CSI Cyber. And it had okay. somebody who was in it. It was a, I'm blanking who was in it, but somebody it was, was in it. Lots of people was um, in it. I have to remind myself that you love like crime procedures. Cop shows. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Mainly, like, mainly. Of course you've watched shows, CSI. To be honest. <laughs> and, but I have not watched CSI in years. And like the main CSI show after William Peterson left, Ted Danson took over for a while. Oh, yeah, CSI, I was there for it. So essentially what they're doing here as a sequel series, they're going back to that original Vegas show, rebranding it as CSI Vegas and getting two of the main stars back. I'm I'm here for it. I want to see more CSI. If it wasn't this, it was just another spin-off, I wouldn't be interested. But they're going back to where it all started. And I'm interested. Well, these two, will they be the lead of this? Of this it sounds show? like, it sounds like. And okay. If, so not, if it turns out be... they're just like side characters pop in every now and then, will you be like, I'm out? Is I mean, the whole thing has been curious. I wouldn't opt out because of that. Um, but it's the first time I've been interested in CSI for a long time. Like, I remember, you know, I mentioned that Tarantino episode. It was like what, a two-parter or a three-parter and they released it as its own like DVD special. I rushed out and bought it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, CSI, see, it's coming back and I'm, and I'm happy about that. All right. Superstore has really, truly closed its doors. There was talks of a spin-off series, Bo and Cheyenne, 
but unfortunately, it's no longer moving forward at NBC. Is that the pregnant girl in the first season? Are you actually watching Superstore? Yeah, well, you've recommended it. I've I... recommended a lot of things over the years. It's just no, no, you've no. watched them. But no, yeah, no, she is. Reckon... Yeah. Recommend a sitcom. It's an easy, it's an easy watch. Yeah, Bone Cheyenne. Yes, yeah, so she's the the pregnant one in season one. Yeah, and I recommended it last episode. Finally, come to an end. But there had been talks about the spin-off for quite a while. But now it's it's officially completely over now. But across multiple seasons, there's a solid sitcom there, but no spin-off. Fair enough. Quite a good time to start, I guess. <laughs> just as it's ending um a new version of the of the hit bbc one sitcom ghosts is being made for american audiences we've all seen how that's gone before and uh, sometimes it works following a pilot filmed in december cbs has ordered a series starring rose McIver and utkash and butka the British creators who are working on Series 3 for BBC One are executive producers on the American version. Are you, are you excited of, a, oh, of no, an no, American no, no, take? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, the, the BBC versions, the Series 2, it was my, I think I'll put it as number two favourite shows of last year when we did our year review episode. Ghost sure. is absolutely phenomenal. I'm happy for the British creators that they're listed as executive producers because it is their show. And I, it's very British. Let me say that. <laughs> so you said that not, it doesn't always translate well. I mean, the American office works, obviously that's probably one of the better examples of it working, but it's just so British. And then, and the ghosts that are in the house are made up of the cast from Horrible Histories. And they're all great in their own right. They're like a comedy troupe. They've done many projects together. And they really make it. They play multiple characters on the show. No, I'm not interested in the American version at all. But I definitely thought it was worth mentioning on the podcast. It's, it's something that's happening. I mean, if only people in America had access to content from the UK, they could just watch that. But no, they're just going to wait until they've got their own version. <laughs> well, okay then. Well, that's it for, honestly, Those pricks. That will just wait. That will just wait. It's so good. So good. Anyway, well, that's it for TV news. Now on to the recommend section. And... You mentioned you might have two. You're gonna to have to pick one. What yeah, is it? So, yeah, this doesn't normally happen. I, I, I had two. So one of them's a movie, and one of them's a, a random documentary that I found from like eight years ago. So I figured I'd be more timely and go with the movie as it's just literally come out. Um, now this is a little bit of a cheat because this movie is nominated for like best picture, so it's already automatically good. Like you know it's good. Um, but me and the wife checked this one out and uh, it was just like, it just blew my mind. Like it, it's been a while since a movie's made me feel this level of emotion. Uh, the Father, starring Anthony Hopkins. If you are unfamiliar, it is a drama film, so be prepared. Um, so it stars Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman, Mark Gattis, Imogen Poots. Um, it follows an aging man who must deal with his progressing memory loss. So he's got Alzheimer's, 
something along those lines. But uh, what's interesting about it, it's not just your run-of-the-mill um, drama with a you know, character going through this stuff. You, you see the whole movie through his point of view. So things, it plays like a horror movie almost, like a thriller. Like things in his apartment or his daughter's apartment as he later moves, things change and like characters get switched out and or actors get switched out and conversations take place and then it turns out they didn't take place or maybe they did and and you're watching it and you're sitting there and I'm like what is going on like what is happening and I'm going through and it's like you feel uncomfortable the the movie makes you feel like you're going through that illness and having those memory issues and stuff like that it's very frustrating it's a it's a little roller coaster and yeah by the end of it you're just like you're in pieces i'm like nah the movie's gut-wrenching so yeah no a good little drama so something different to put on the um on the recommend stand the father yeah i have heard good things and that cast like olivia coleman mark gatiss of course anthony hopkins yeah no i'll have to Check it out, but it's a bit of a oh, yeah. um, heavy recommend. Yes, yeah, I... not a Friday movie, but uh, you know, well, it's funny you say that. It is or a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it is funny you say that. See, it's not a Friday night movie. My recommend is actually the TV sitcom Friday Night Dinner. So I'm changing it up, Whoa. bit of a comedy, but then I'm gonna take us to a dark place. Friday Night Dinner is a British sitcom written by Robert Popper and starring Tasmin Gregg. Paul Ritter, Simon Bird, Tom Rosenthal, and Mark Heap. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and potentially it may have even been a recommend. But even if it has been recommended before, I'm going to make an exception. If you're not familiar with the show, the comedy is focused on the regular dinner experience of the middle-class British Jewish Goodman family every Friday night. So every episode, so that's six episodes per series, every episode is Friday night dinner at their parents' house. It is hilarious. I love the show so much. There's been six series so far. There was talks of doing more. And recently we heard the news of the passing of Paul Ritter, who plays the dad, Martin Goodman. He's an actor, so this is kind of a recommend and a they will be missed, which is a category we used to do, but then realised it was a bit grim and we felt a bit stuck at the end of that segment. <laughs> but I'm 100% recommending this show because it is absolutely fantastic, well acted, well written, it's, it's hilarious. But Paul Ritter, yeah, he, he was phenomenal. I can't see how they would continue this show without him it just wouldn't be the same uh, he's been in films as well he's been harry potter films james bond films he was in chernobyl he was fantastic in that brilliant brilliant actor gone far too soon and you know one of his one of his phrases on the show one of his catchphrases which i always loved was shit on it and it's just something that he's said a lot. Like, he's, oh, man, he, he's brilliant. And he's popped up in so many shows over the years. Um, not necessarily known for his comedy, but this is where he, he was doing comedy. And Friday Night Dinner, again, just wouldn't be the same without him. So it could be the end of the show, potentially. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm recommending Friday night dinner and also acknowledging the passing of Paul Ritter. And yeah, he will he will be missed. Okay, so both of us had heavy recommends there for different reasons. Um, Yours was heavier, gonna... I think, by the end of it. So you. Yeah, but but I, I had comedy. But then again, you had some comedy actors. You had Olivia Coleman and Mark Gatiss yeah. from League of Gentlemen. So it kind of balances out. But I wanted to acknowledge Paul Ritter, and I know we don't typically do that anymore. But there we go. But now you got to bring us, bring the energy back, and bring us. Yeah, back we've got some that. trivia, and it's trivia. Make me laugh, mate. Make me laugh. <laughs> it's not funny trivia. It's not the <laughs> comedy section. No, you gotta. No, you gotta. This is trivia for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I've got to be honest. I already ha- already many, hilarious. <laughs> I went through many of the things we're going to be talking about tonight and struggled to find some trivia. So in the end, I just landed on this because we spoke about Indiana Jones being old already. And that was back in 2008. In 2006, Harrison Ford declared that if this movie was not made by 2008, then the filmmakers should drop the idea altogether because he was already getting old. This got director Steven Spielberg looking for a good script immediately, and that was the film Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Harrison Ford was adamant that he got to wield Indiana's famous whip. Paramount executives wanted the weapon to be computer-generated because of new movie safety rules. But Ford branded the rule ridiculous. Harrison Ford, we salute you. That you made me laugh, ridiculous. man. You made me laugh, because that was that is ridiculously hilarious. I just did a quick Google whilst um, actively listening to you. Um, Harrison Ford is 78 years old at this uh, present time. 78. I said earlier in the Indy 5 news story, I'm worried he's going to get sidelined. He's 78, man. Yeah. 78. What he's going to have to do for Indy 5, I wouldn't want to do that at 78. I just want to sit down. I don't want to do that now. (laughs) You are doing that now. I can see you. I don't want to. No, but I mean, I don't want to jump on like trucks and I don't know. What else does he do? Crack whips and stuff. All of it. It's interesting, though, that saying that he wanted to, you know, wield the whip where he famously scarred his chin. On Raiders. <laughs> you think but he anyway, would be the one like, asking you know, for the safety regulations? An example of a whip being dangerous on set, he demonstrated <laughs> it in real life. But anyway, <laughs> I'm glad that he wasn't just waving his arm and the CGI didn't afterwards. <laughs> well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Thunder Force. Even just saying it sounds ridiculous. I'll say it again. It sounds like a Power Rangers season, but that's... Not correct. Um, and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Yeah, I'm, I'm keen. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Oh, and, and I sent you the video. They've done a, a modern take on the song. 
I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And you posted it to our Facebook That's true. Uh, thing as well. So, you know, you shared it with the world, not just us, not just me, but yeah. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>